מסכת נדרים דף פה, משנה. קונם שאני עושה על פי אבא, ועל פי אביך, ועל פי אחי, ועל פי אחיך אין או יכול להפר. If a wife says, um, I, uh, anything I do that is prohibited to the mouth of my father, um, so and that if she cooks anything, then the father cannot benefit from it. Or your father, meaning her father-in-law. Or she says, um, my work is prohibited to the mouth of my brother. Or to your brother, meaning her brother-in-law. And if the husband is there and hears that vow, he cannot annul it because it does not fall into either of the two categories. Uh, this does not affect their relationship, beno u bena. Um, this is her father uh, or his father, it doesn't matter. Um, so even though this may be an inconvenience for him because um, uh, maybe beforehand the husband was depending on his wife to go and bring food to his father. And now he has to do it himself. Okay, that's true, but it's not directly impinging on their relationship. That is essentially his responsibility uh, for as kibud av. She is not she is not obligated to, to provide for any of these people. It's also not inuy nefesh. There's no affliction in her not giving food or doing things for these people. It's the opposite of affliction. Now she has extra time to uh, relax, do something else. And therefore, he cannot, she, he cannot annul these vows. However, if the woman says, If a wife says, What I do is prohibited to your mouth, the husband, in that case, not, does not even need to annul it because it, it is automatically null and void. Since the wife has a contractual, contractual, Ketuba um, uh, obligation to provide certain things for her husband uh, she has to do like uh, mix uh, wine and water and pour it for him so therefore she is already obligated and therefore even he has no need to annul it and she would still be required to provide those items all that is according to Tanakama or Rabbanan. Now, Rabbi Akiva Omer Yafer, Shema Tadif Alav Yoter Min Hara'oi Lo. Rabbi Akiva says that nevertheless, the husband should and must, uh, not must, should uh, undo it because she may, she may make more than is fitting for him to receive. In other words, a woman has certain basic obligations that he has, she has to do for her husband. Right? We saw even if she has brings into the into the marriage many maidservants, uh, nevertheless, she still uh, must uh, pour the wine for him and make the bed and wash his hands and face. So, so those things that are things that she has to do. But anything extra that she does beyond that, if she decides she's going to build some furniture, um, so that stuff she's not obligated to do, and therefore that would be covered under this vow, and he wouldn't be able to use that furniture. Or uh, we could talk about it in terms of money, right? When we say, it's not literally only things that she puts into his mouth that talking about food. It's talking about anything that she does that he will benefit from. Uh, so part of a, the Ketubah contract is that a husband has to provide for his wife for all her expenses, food and clothing and so on. Um, in turn, uh, if, if she works, anything that she makes 
goes to the husband. And therefore, so how much should the husband get? Well, it would be an equivalent amount. Let's say uh, her expenses amount to $100 a day. That's, what, that's how much she eats and spends on other things. Uh, so therefore, the first $100 that the wife makes uh, belong to the husband under the Ketubah contract. And th therefore, her vow will not apply to that amount and there's no need to nullify the vow for those basic things, the basic things that she has to do for him and the basic amount of money that she works and gives to him. The problem is the excess. The, according to the Biakiva, let's say she makes $150 a day. That extra $50 a day, according to the Biakiva, also goes to the husband. The husband gets everything. Um, and uh, therefore, that extra $50 a day uh, she's not contractually obligated to give it to him because she's not getting anything. And so if she makes a vow that you cannot benefit from me, then the husband would not be allowed to benefit from that extra $50 or for the extra things that she does around the house. Therefore, the Akiba says it'd be a good idea for the husband to annul the vow. Otherwise, you're going to get into those problems of the excess. Okay, that's Rabbi Akiva. How come Rabbanan disagree with that? What, right? What about the excess? So Rabbanan would say that that extra amount, the extra fifty dollars, the wife actually can keep for herself. She doesn't give it to the to the husband. Why should she? After all, the husband is providing for her uh, an average of a hundred dollars a day, so she has to give him a hundred dollars a day from what she for she earns. The rest of it, she is allowed to keep keep it in savings, do whatever she wants with it. And since she is not giving it to him anyway, so there's no point in the in the husband um, nullifying the vow since the husband is not getting that money anyway. Okay, so that's one understanding uh, that, as we will see, of the country of the machloket between Tanakama and Rabbi Akiva. Now, third opinion: Yochanan ben Nuri Omer Yafer Shema Uti Asura Alav. ben Nuri says. The husband should nullify it, but not because of Rabbi Akiva's reason. He probably disagrees with Rabbi Akiva, and he thinks that the extra money, like Tanakama, uh, she stays with. She, she keeps, but rather he should nullify it, not because of the marriage currently. The marriage currently will go on. All the things that she must do for her husband and give to her husband, she still will have to do and give to her because the, the, the vow cannot, um, uh, cannot uh, prohibit things that she already has to do. But here's why he should nullify it. Maybe one day they will get divorced. And once they get divorced, that's it. So now she's not obligated to any of those things, uh, to give him any of those things. And therefore, anything that she does when while divorced will be prohibited to him. All right? Even if they're an ex and she decides she wants to uh, give him a gift, she, well, she won't be able to. Well, that's not a problem unless they try to get remarried. Maybe after they get divorced, assuming that he's not a Kohen, they're going to decide, you know what, we want to get remarried. And now, once the, if they try to get remarried, she will not be able to provide anything to him. And they won't be able to get remarried. And therefore, just in case they might divorce and want to get remarried, Good idea for the husband from now to nullify that vow. Okay, so that's the three opinions in the Gemara. And the Mishnah. Now, Gemara. Amash Shemuel. Halacha Kribi Yochanan Ben Nuri. Shemuel says, I agree with the third opinion that he should nullify it 
for the future, just in case the future things that she, after they get divorced and remarry, and then she goes and makes a makes a cake. Um, he he won't be able to eat it, so that's why she should he should nullify it from now. All right. Hold on, Shemuel. According to this, should we can we also infer we're going to connect to two different concepts here. We were talking about vows, but now we're going to talk about consecration, which is kind of like a, a similar to a vow. Um, so it makes sense to compare them, although we are going to see some important differences between them. So according to Shemuel, would he then also agree that a person can consecrate something that doesn't yet exist in the world? After all, look at this here. The Biochanan ben Nuri um, in the Mishnah says that he, he should nullify the vow because if in the future she makes a cake after they divorce and, and get remarried, that cake will be prohibited. So you see a vow that she makes today will prohibit a cake that she makes uh, far in the future in, uh, you know, in a, a possible circumstance. And that vow does work. So it makes sense that Shemuel then would also agree that I can um, uh, consecrate a cake that I didn't make yet right? Um, or fruit that didn't grow yet. Can I consecrate, right? The next year's crop I'm consecrating from now. It sounds like Shemuel would say, yes, you can, if they're analogous. Here's the problem. If someone consecrates his wife's earnings so she can continue and work and sustain herself let's just talk about a case where she decides you know i'm going to keep my earnings and you keep your food you don't have to pay for my food um so she can continue working and eating because what right does he have to consecrate the things that his wife needs and is eating. Now, the surplus, the Bimeir says, the surplus will be Hekdesh. Rabbi Yochanan Asanlar says, no, it's Chulin. It doesn't work, not for the basic amount and not even for the surplus. Uh, now, Shemuel agreed with Rabbi Yochanan Asanlar. Don't get, don't get confused. There's two Rabbi Yochanan nans here. Uh, in the Mishnah was Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Um, in this Beraita, it's Rabbi Yochanan Hassan Lad. Rabbi Shemuel happens to agree with both Rabbi Yochanans. But according to this Rabbi Yochanan, Alma and Adam Magdish Tavashelo Baal Olam. Why can't he, the husband, uh, um, consecrate the, uh, the 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 earnings of her of his wife? Um, uh, after all, he has he'll get the 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 future earnings, the extra um, he can benefit from. Uh, so he would have a right to consecrate them. So how come Rabbi Yochanan says they're not consecrated? It must be because it's a future item; it doesn't yet exist in the world. Your future paycheck in two months from now is consecrated. No, it doesn't work because it doesn't yet it exist in the world. So now we have a contradiction. Shimuel, on the one hand, agreed with Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, that he can make a vow, sorry, that the wife can make a vow prohibiting 
something that she does far in the future after they de de marry and divorce, uh, divorce and remarry. It doesn't have to be far in the future. It could be tomorrow, but whatever. It's in the future. And yes, that works. It may creates a prohibition. But Shemuel also agrees with Rabbi Yochanan Hassanlar that, uh, some, uh, that the money that she makes next month will be consecrated and yes the and the husband cannot do that because it doesn't yet exist in the world so which one is it okay uh, maybe we should interpret shemuel uh here when he says i agree with Menuri." maybe he doesn't fully agree with rabbi yochanan benuri um, and to the extent that there would be a problem uh, for a future cake that she makes after they get divorced and remarried. What he means to say is that he agrees with Rabbi Benuri to the extent that Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with Rabbi Akiva. What he's really trying to say is, I disagree with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says that, um, uh, uh, that, that the husband uh, receives all the extra, right? The, same, the, the regular amount and the extra that she makes, the extra $50, uh, all goes to the husband, and Rebbech ben Benuri says, no, he does not have to, uh, he, he would have to nullify it only for this other reason, but he would not have to nullify it for the extra, because the extra the wife keeps. And so that's what he meant when he said, he only meant to say that he disagrees with Rebbech Yivah, but he doesn't agree regarding the future amount, and therefore it's consistent. Shemuel, in both cases, thinks that you cannot uh, make a vow or, consec uh, or consecrate something that does not exist. Okay, but this really does not make sense because if that's what he meant to say, he should have said, I agree with Biochanan Benuri only regarding the added um, extra amount that she makes that she keeps. So, so you have to be clear. You can't just say, Allah is like him if you only agree with him in one piece. Or he could have also been clear and said, Actually, that's the same opinion as Tanakama. Tanakama says, he, the husband, does not have to nullify it because, after all, um, he, he will still get the basic amount that she's obligated to give him, and the extra she keeps. So why would you say, if you want to say, I disagree with Rabbi Akiva, why say, I agree with Rabbi Yochanan, just say, I agree with Tanakama. Or if he meant to say, I don't agree with Rabbi Akiva, say, I don't agree with Rabbi Akiva. So this, can't, this, this answer doesn't make sense. Okay, there's a fundamental difference between vows and consecration. Regarding vows, a person can prohibit the fruit of someone else upon him. I can say, Bob's fruit is prohibited to me. Even though I don't own that fruit, I have no control over it, but I do have con some control to the extent that I can create a prohibition upon myself. Therefore, uh, it makes sense since see, see a prohibition can work even for something I don't own. Therefore, it can also work for something that doesn't yet exist. I can make a prohibition against myself to say something that will come in the future is prohibited to me now. That's true. Whereas for consecration, it works differently. I cannot consecrate Bob's fruit. That's not mine. I have no right to consecrate his fruit. Similarly, I cannot consecrate something that does not exist. So you see that making a vow, neder, uh, uh, has, has more expansive power than consecration. And so that makes sense. This answers the question. That's why Shemuel, when it comes to vows, 
he agrees with Biochanan ben Nuri in our Mishnah that yes, the wife's wife's vow can apply to the cake that she will make after they get divorced and remarried. Because a vow one can make for someone else's property, so too one can make for the future. Whereas, um, in the, when it came to uh, making something hekdesh, the guy who makes his wife's earnings hekdesh, there it does not apply. Um, because it does not belong to him, and it's, uh, and it's talking about something in the future. These are her future earnings, so Higdesh does not apply to future earnings. All right, that sounds like a good um, answer. Amar le Abaye, however Abaye uh, objects. Bishlama Adam ose perot chabero alav shere Adam ose perotav al chabero ela yesor davar shelo bala olam al chabero shere en Adam ose perot chabero al chabero. But he says, hold on, it's not, you can't compare these, right? I understand uh, uh, that a person can prohibit uh, someone else's fruit upon himself. I can say Bob's fruit is prohibited to me because I can also reciprocally say my fruit is prohibited to Bob, right? It works both ways. As long as either I own the fruit, then I can prohibit it to anybody else, or if, I'm, if uh, uh, anyone owns the fruit, I can make it prohibited upon myself. That works. Um, but can I prohibit? Uh, but um, but can I prohibit something that does not exist in the world? That doesn't mean that it's not the same because I cannot create a prohibition upon someone else about his fruit. I cannot tell Bob your fruit is prohibited to you. That doesn't work. So too, I cannot prohibit to you something that doesn't yet exist in the world, right? Since I mean, Abaye is kind of agreeing with this comparison of Rav Yosef that we, sh we can compare fruit that someone else owns to Davashelo, something that doesn't yet exist. Fine, I'll agree with that comparison. But just like I cannot prohibit Bob's fruit to himself, so too, I cannot prohibit Bob from something that does, does not yet exist in the world. And in this case, in the case of our Mishnah, the wife is prohibiting to the husband something that doesn't yet exist in the world. Just like the wife cannot prohibit to the husband something that the husband owns, you know, he owns uh, golf clubs. She cannot say, you are prohibited from using your, your, your own golf clubs. So too, she cannot say, you're prohibited from a future cake that, we're, that I'm going to make. Um, after we're after we're divorced and remarried, so you see that in our Mishnah, this this vow would not work, and this is considered something that does not yet exist in the world. And so we're back with our question to um, against Shemuel. How come in our Mishnah it looks like she does uh, prohibit something that doesn't yet exist in the world, and that works? That vow, that prohibition works. Whereas when it comes to consecration. Um, he agrees with Rabbi Yochanan HaSandlar that uh, he, he, the husband cannot um, make consecrated something that doesn't yet exist in the world. And the final answer is, Ela marav huna bered rav Yoshua be'omeret yikadashu yadai le'osehen diyadai yimha itnehu ba'olam. Rather, Rav Huna, the son of Rav Yoshua, is talking about where she says, my hands are, um, uh, uh, will be consecrated to, to he who made them. Since she's talking about her hand, not her future uh, things that she's going to make, but she's consecrating her hands. And her hands are actually in the world now. Therefore, since the, uh, the object of the consecration are her hands, and those exist in the world, 
that then everything that she makes in the future also will be consecrated. So we're going to apply the same concept to our case, even though Rav Wena was talking about consecration. And now Mishnah, we're not talking about that, we're talking about making a vow. So, but it will be the same, it will be a similar formulation. Uh, the Mishnah is talking about a case where she says, uh, what I, what my, my hands will be prohibited to your mouth. Um, by what she means, my hands currently, which currently exists, I'm making a vow that you cannot benefit from them, and that will apply to the future things that her hands make, even to a future thing after she, after they divorce and get remarried. So this is not considered something that does not yet exist in the world, because her hands do exist in the world. And by doing saying this, we reconcile the Shemuel, both of Shemuel's statements in the case of the consecration. Uh, the um, husband uh, can make consecrated, cannot make consecrated her whatever she makes in the future, and that's why Shemuel agrees with Rabbi Yochanan Hasanlar that it does not apply because it doesn't yet exist in the world, and therefore the consecration that he makes for her future extra earnings do not does not apply because it doesn't yet exist. So consecration cannot it cannot apply to something in the future. Shemuel also thinks that a vow cannot apply to something in the future. However, if she uses this kind of language and says, My hands are prohibited to for you to benefit from, then the cake that she makes on one day in the future is not a future item, but is prohibited even now because her hands do exist now. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.